freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. I, I told uh, Adrian your your Bob Dylan thing, and it just got it was hilarity all the way back from the grocery store. I mean, she's like, "Do you think in a real life situation he was falling off the cliff and only Hunter could save him?" No, I just, <laughs> she's asking these ex, you know, existential or just extremely, uh, you know, a basic logical question. No, I, I like I fucking hate. Him. <laughs> Like, I he, told her for, like, for humor's like, sake, you would definitely say "fuck him," and let him let him go off the cliff. I, w- I would. I but said I the, think I know Hunter well enough, though, that wouldn't he? Wouldn't he just go at the last minute? Like, dude, come on, you know. I've seen my share of pain too. I just don't, you know, sing as badly as you do, Bob. Let's let's go have a beer. The only person I hate more than Bob Dylan is Billy Joel. <laughs> I would I would literally set him on fire. Bob Dylan's never dressed that metal, that early Billy Joel thing. It had another name. It was like a duo. It looked yeah. vaguely B, or like Bee Gees. When they but were... Billy Joel's like a really shitty person, too. I've never met him. Well, I haven't either, but like just on the guidance of people that have been in a band with him. Are you canceling Billy Joel tonight? Officially, like hashtag cancel, cancel Billy cancel Joel. Kurt, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fuck Billy Joel. Who who gives a shit? Welcome to hell. Fuck Billy Joel. I hope you're rotten hell. Who gives a shit? How you doing? Yeah, well, man. You? I have been in like a war metal mood. Like you would not believe. I'm ordering like Yozuki at Nuclear War is going to know my name, I think. Oh, God. No, that guy. (laughs) I'm checking out Titan Blood. Like, did I I miss the boat on Titan Blood? And then I'm like, I... I don't even know if I can handle that. That may be more intense than any intense metal I've ever heard. Do you know Titan Blood? I do. Like, are uh, you, Ajna you, offensive? Yeah. Um, are you you're going to be in like buying like Black Witchery bootleg? I was looking at Black Witchery stuff the other day. They're from Florida. Yeah. I tried but, to get you into them years ago, I'm and you sure. were like, ah, I don't know, man. You know, I've always appreciated that stuff and loved a lot. I think that. Yeah, I, mean, I think now you might be ready. I'm even growing to be a guy that like I think Erosion of Sanity by Gorguts could like go to toe to toe just as my favorite death metal album. I mean, I'm kind of getting there because it's so dude. You didn't even like that album when I met you. Uh I didn't love Gorguts right away. I saw them live on the Considered Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway. dude, Erosion of Sanity is fucking I like you, you you'll get no arguments for me, man. Hell of a bridge to a show about the French. So yeah, let's do it. We are a three and a half year old podcast sensation out of North and South Kakalaki. Uh, we love music and that's all you need to know about us. Uh, I reckon uh, Hunter again. Hello. Hello. You are the most brutal hardcore motherfucker. Um, speaking of hardcore. Real I, quick I, I've, I've always thought that about myself. Real quick question about Canadian metal. Uh, we were yes. talking about Gorguts. Why do certain Canadian death metal bands have to have a hardcore cold lake at some point? Because if it, it wasn't just cataclysm, it was cryptopsy. Yeah. <laughs> have um, you heard and, that unspoken king thing i think it's called well it's I all, it's all the, news i'm just i'm just you know i'm, I'm gonna well, uh, um cryptopsy even began before that with uh with mike DeMaio. well he, yeah he had the brutalizer hardcore guy thing but yeah they went full on without outspoken king like i mean metalcore you know yeah yeah uh, but the god oh and i mean you Some know great oblivion, musicians. <laughs> oblivion had their um Oh yeah, I, I don't like the later precipitous fall. Yeah, I, you and I don't like them. Matt Johnson likes them a lot. I I know Oblivion fans that go all the way. You know what I mean? I'm just I, I don't and and I don't I mean, either. I've tried. Honestly, I've tried. you know, I mean, Nemesis is 
probably a top 20 album for me i know of all and i mean I, of all, I, of all time yeah. no genre like whatever top 20 album and i'd fucking worship the first one but yeah, yeah they they fall off pretty hard for me after that yeah same. Um, but i always respect people that say oh i dig it because i, I kind of get it i because that's always the thing i want to i want to get into what they're doing but it's not as groovy as like dbc it's not as commercially successful as voivod you know i mean yeah their name comes up again anyway let's get out of canada but i think that's a that's a fun little uh and, 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 yeah. and I, I think it's funny too because and i hope that gail perlow will listen to this because he considers canada especially french canada to be very little more than a oh, no. colonial experiment <laughs> and he's that british even, guy don't even Dude. get him started about belgium right he's that british guy man it was john adams all along <laughs> so let's keep this shit french uh, yeah yeah we're gonna go to france I, I i do want to say hunter uh just because these people are great uh we've gotten some donations we've gotten people buying at our store radicalresearch.org so i want to give hails to like paul stolp Hal Gear Bakken, Heinrich Item, Kirka again, uh, and Garrett Buzzard, and uh, JP Ward. And JP Ward also, his favorite band is Pink Floyd. And as we were doing the, the brief transaction that I hope he enjoyed uh, at radicalresearch.com or .org, because we're going to take over Amazon. Um, well, is, naturally. <laughs> you're, you're up for that, right? I, you were, we were talking marketing the other day. And yeah, fuck Bezos. Thing, things of a, of a, of yeah, a no, big he's, box. He's slacking. Yeah, we're, yeah. Big box is our. Is our real goal i think here um to be the next big box sensation you know um anyway he led me this uh this jp ward guy led me to my holy grail which is kind of in a way like an audio holy grail because i've never had a really good audio version of pink floyd's live at pompeii um just oh, the, just the performance because i do love watching it and i don't like to skip the thing about the pie or the dog the dog happens to be jp's favorite moment mine is the pie uh, but like, I like to watch that whole thing, but like, I would love to have a high like five breakfast ready. scene. I, the, yeah. The crust, Nick, Nick Mason, who grew up rich, it was like complaining about the crust, you know, um, <laughs> but you gotta love it. About, you gotta love it. Chip, is it this music? Wait, what do you say? Is it, um, um, eggs, it, sausage, it, it, chips, yeah. beans, and a tea. I love a man who's seen Pompeii as much as I have. And so I just want to thank JP Ward. We are really, we love Pompeii. But anyway, he, he pointed me to a thing that like Floyd had put out at some point somewhat recently. It was a kind of a box set. It was broken up. You could buy it separately, you know, separate components or just a whole fucking dumb thing, you know, for whatever. I think that's the nature of it. Anyway, I haven't run to computers so fast as the last time I ran to a lubricant uh, listing on Discogs. Which I thought would elicit some laughter. <laughs> Are you shocked beyond like words about the lubricant thing? Or am so I, I don't gonna... even know lubricant. What you've never heard of the? Well, I think they're fuck. Are they Swedish or Finnish? There's dude. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know them. Are you kidding me? No. You the the dude in the fucking. <laughs> I laugh no. at the bands that you love that you would love. Makes me think you would love this. Yeah, Finland. Nucleptia okay. EP. Swallow the Semitic Swab Demo 91. Kind of a vaguely psychedelic uh, carcass, afflicted, great afflicted, you know, the weird afflicted idea. Oh, well, yeah, well, yeah, that that afflicted. You know, song titles like Laceration. No, I actually, I, I don't know Lubricant. La laceration of Vasoconstrictive Emotion. Well, I mean, I, that's, how I, that's how I do emotion. Terrorosis Bulbaris. We move on. 
email us at radicalresearchpodcast at gmail.com and do not contact us through Facebook Messenger. That's all I have to say. Without any further ado being given, I'm going to turn it over to you. This show is uh, your brainchild in a sense. Uh, you said Prague Macabre. You, you emailed me or texted me two words that yeah. uh, kind of got me. They were hooks. Prague yeah. Macabre. There's, and there will at some point be an essay um, that surveys this maybe a little more comprehensively, maybe digs into some of the nuances of this a little more deeply. But yeah, I was just thinking about this thread of terror and dread through French music that starts in the 70s and mm. is really still going on today that sort of links together uh, two of our our pet subjects Prague and black metal and particularly the outer reaches of both of those and and take us into the beginning i mean was the, were there any 60s predecessors to magma which will be you know something we say you know, not not to my knowledge there may have been but the thing about magma is that it's this cauldron of John Coltrane and Carl Orff and all these other sort of influences that have brewed inside the mind of Christian Vander. Sure. And then it's like, and if you listen to early magma and, and I'm frankly not all that enthusiastic about the earliest magma. That's how, yeah, it's kind of that first Genesis thing where most, fan, most fans are like, eh, you know, uh, yeah, I know. And, it, and it, it is, it's very jazz. Cool. It's cool. Like, but it's yeah. Not, yeah. But like the, the full, you know, the full vision hasn't synthesized. Mm. Mm. But then give it a couple of years and here we are. And so to my mind, this, this is sort of the alpha of our theme tonight.
We just heard a clip from Magma Kontarkosh. I guess I don't, I don't know Kabayan. Matt Johnson, I believe, is fluent in Kabayan. Uh, Matt Johnson owns, I am pretty sure, every extant Magma release. Here, I, I've been to Matt's once. I know what he's gotten into. Uh, at the time, he had a shitload of Fela Kuti CDs. Fela Kuti and Magma. Hold on. Well, hold on. Yeah. Uh, and Magma. And there's a third one in a German heavy oh. metal band called Rage. Rage. Which I, this, <laughs> this right here is a triangular th- unit that I'm like, I love Matt Johnson. Like, uh, Matt's the man. I love him. And I'm going to get a chance to play some music with him soon. I'm oh, yeah, really dude. pumped about that. And you did with, uh, what's that unreleased thing so far? Uh, yeah, Fool's Game. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm like, Nathan and I are both going to be like playing some, some music very closely with Matt soon. That's gotcha. That's exciting. So let's get back to Magma. So anyway, yeah. So this was from their 1974 BBC concert, which is one of my favorite Magma releases. And I I feel like Magma really excels live. There there aren't a lot of bands that I prefer live to the studio. Yeah, Um, Magma might be one of those. And it might be... You know, like we were talking about, like that that John Coltrane, Carl Orff influence, where sure the, yeah. the concert venue is so critical well, to it. And, and there's a the, Hancock and Vinnie Kaliuta, and not not to mention the other three non slouches. It was partly venue, you know. So I get it. It was like yeah. that cavernous. It was just perfect for that. And experience. and now Morgan Ogren. Or, or well, at least when concerts were a thing, Morgan Ogren was the drummer in in magma okay wow. most recently all right and morgan ogren for people who don't know he was the drummer that's morgan, morgan. Thornton dolls yeah solo album but also uh, uh you know part of matt's morgan yeah. um just genius swedish jazz fusion drummer is there it, 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 and, and like if yeah anyone out there listening uh go get matt's morgan live It'll um if you if you have any interest in in fusion or progressive rock or anything like that, I'm in. yeah yeah you'll be satisfied. I'm in. Um, so is there anything distinctly French in magma to you? That's a really is, interesting question. There is to me, even though Italy is often considered you know an operatic capital, uh, I think the French uh, thing because magma is very vocal heavy. And it's kind of one of the things that I've had to struggle with about them. There are times, even in their best stuff, where I'm like, "Eh, it's just, it's almost, you know what I mean? It's laid on thick, like, like opera. Well, and and interestingly enough, like my favorite magma stuff is less vocal heavy. Uh, Yeah. Well, and and, and the BBC recording (laughs) is right. It it, it sort of, I, I wouldn't say that it minimizes that element of magma, but it, the, the instrumental and ensemble elements are sort of accentuated gotcha okay i'm probably thinking of like albums like attack yeah and and, i mean even yeah yeah like mdk um yeah a lot lot of vocals Hmm. and i think that might be why de futura is maybe i mean it's not maybe it's it's my favorite magma piece yeah it's one of my favorite pieces of music ever written by anyone um but it's it's mostly instrumental we played on an earlier episode, yeah. Um, which one was that? Was that the... Uh, that was the Math Rock. 
It was the math rock. Exactly. Okay. Moving on. Let's do Shylock. Now, this is a band who should we mention here yet before we get into Shylock? Because Shylock were not exactly as forbidding as Magma in the sense that uh, they had some dark moments for sure. Things that remind us of Art Kane, who won't even be in this episode, but, but they were like our third episode, right? Uh, a, yeah. A uh, yeah. We, yeah, they were. Anyway, doesn't matter. Combined prog thing. But um, there, there's an element of French prog that for me, and I've heard some Canadian stuff that gets this way too, you know, French Canadian usually. And, and I think it is language for me, uh, not in the sense of magma where they have a, an invented language like Kabayan, but like um, just the French language doesn't quite work for prog because then it gets too frilly. Then it gets like too elfy. Then it gets too... <laughs> and, and I and I I used to be fluent in French. It's the only other language I've ever learned, and I've dropped I've dropped it since then. It was thirty years ago that I passed a, my last test on it in college in an oral exam. Anywho, uh, yeah, it's like um, and anywho is not a French word. Just letting you know, um, I'm not trying to be. Are fancy. we are we are we sure about that? I'm trying to be fancy here. So any uh, yeah, any etymologist listening? Please, it's an let, us, let us know. Yeah, it's an accent grave. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I want to talk about like the fruity element of some <laughs> French prog. And the one that comes to mind is one that I saw live once and Matt laughed about with Matt Johnson at Nearfest. And I love Nearfest and I miss it so dearly. It's like my favorite fucking festival I've ever been to uh, just in the way it's run and how it sounds. But um, Ange played. A-N-G. Ange. Yep. Yeah, Ange. And it was, it was just like watching comical theater from the 20s silent film era. And I was like, eh, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It just was fruity poser opera or something it was, it was really bad i'm not a fan yeah so i think i think what's interesting about the show and about your intent with it was that we get into these bands that you and i have both loved for a long time that are the, you know the, the antithesis of that you know so the, yeah there, there there's a, like a more radical bifurcation of sensibility in these french bands like you you get that that really sort of light of foot approach and then on the other end, you just get pure dread and horror. Yeah. It's all, it almost seems like a reaction. A reaction. Or, I mean, I was going to ask earlier, what, does it say something about the French psyche? I mean, are you, do you want to cast out that far? You know, you know, I have a pay, uh, right. I mean, I uh, we, for casting out that far to just dis- decide why music sounds like it does. I think it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, we, and, and, and I will. And when, whenever I get around to writing that episode, I mean, or that, that essay, I mean, we're talking about Desaad, Bataille, yeah, um, George Bataille, yeah, Baudelaire, uh, Rambeau. I mean, yeah, there, there. I mean, there is this this thread of <laughs> that's a lot of sort of death seeking, yes, in French music and French art, the, uh, dissipation, decadence. I mean, there was the you know the whole fan like absinthe era at the end of the yeah. 19th century and and i i feel like all that is sort of genetic and runs through all the music that we're going to talk about tonight i'm not saying shylock is in any way fruity it just the fruity bands came to mind i just wanted to you know get it get the uh fruity off and out of the room sure yeah so we have shylock's uh la Cinquième, la Cinquième, uh which means the fifth which was interesting because it's on their debut album from 77 song number three of three, but it's called something the fifth. So anyway, titles don't correspond. <laughs> it's about all I know about them. There's not a lot of information out there about this band. They were, about there, there really isn't. And I don't think, a lot, I, I hope 
that this episode will turn some. I, I mean, I found out about them through you. Oh, he alerted. I think maybe through King there. Golden too. Uh, yeah, but they're they're a, still a very obscure band. Yeah, they're kind of like as close to Garage Prog as we're gonna get. You know what I mean? Like a like a Yazda Urfa. Yep. <laughs> Did you ever hear them? Yeah, like, that kind of like basement gentle giant. Hell yeah, they're from like Florida, I think. Like yeah, like yeah, yeah, punk gentle giant. Oh man. <laughs> not great they were the very first band i ever saw at near fest my first near fest they were the first band oh, and they weren't great cool. i was like at first i was really turned on and like thought they're gonna be like my favorite thing ever because i was so jazzed to be at near fest at that time in my life because you know how crazy for Prague i was i was Did, going, were, were they honored to play at the biggest festival in the world the world <laughs> quote unquote by night area I, I hope they were yeah no they it was cool it, it said like people seem psyched about it but i'm like Yes, the earth. How did this happen? Like, where am I at in my life where I'm like following these obscure garage prog bands around from the 70s? Well, I mean, coming back in the retirement, you know, it's great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Gia Lorg is their album title. It's, it doesn't give us much to go on. It's a river in the French, uh, in the French Riviera uh, or a geographic reference to a spot in the area. It's really crazy because there's very little information about that out there as well. Man's got only so much time to fuck around on Google when there's music <laughs> like this out there. So without further ado, let's let's take a listen.
I'm curious what you think of that, Hunter, because I picked that one, and it, this is a, a recording you're not that familiar with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm wondering if um, is that too repetitive? Because I think some of the stuff we will be listening to and have listened to with even Magma is there is this sense of build. It's why the snippets will be longer tonight, I suppose. Uh, yeah. But there's this sense of like build that takes a while, and then there's this payoff, it, and it's not. It's never too obvious, and it's certainly all covered in dread. <laughs> Right? I love repetition. Did you personally. hear that there? Like, was that, did that work for you? Yes. Okay. You know, like, I like slow films too. Ah, okay. Because they build and they, they develop this sense of, well, and, and particularly like films that kind of had a inbred sense of fear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. I, li- I like the way that it, it builds over time and it the, the tension just becomes almost unbearable i'm glad we're at paul song and this was not planned but this was just a, we have no script tonight as you can probably tell there's uh, no script yeah but it, <laughs> there never is but this is even worse <laughs> <laughs> i kid no uh but like it, it gets us to pulsar because they were very cinematic i God. their first three albums are great uh i endorse all three of them Pollen Polen, which is also a great French Canadian band, Strands of the Future, and then Halloween. And you picked these from Halloween. This is by far their their darkest, and I think um, most cinematic. It runs like a grainy movie reel. There there was a yeah, absolutely. That's the perfect, perfect description of a great, like a grainy late seventies movie. Yeah, yeah. And I spent a long time fruitlessly looking for something like this era pulsar i never found anything quite like it you mean in pulsar or in other bands no in other bands okay how much the the, the closest that that i ever found to it was the mort macabre album oh oh that's a great album yeah Yeah. actually you know what you know what's funny i'm glad you bring them up hadn't even thought about this yet but the day you texted me this idea this was a couple months ago of prog macabre or whatever the first thing i thought of was um Mort Macabre because it wasn't French yet. I didn't know it was French yet. You know. What okay. I mean? Yep. Yep. So I thought that's the first thing I thought of was Macabre Prague. Prague Macabre. Uh, what a more what a, any album. anyone who has not heard that Audible album movie, symphonic yep. Holocaust absolutely yep. fuck yeah. Um, that that is radical research endorsed one hundred percent. Yeah, that to me that's great modern Prague along the lines of the the more newer um, Wobbler like this. Yeah, absolutely. Really like you're like oh shit. They found something there. Yeah, let's go into Pulsar, and uh, we'll talk about this when we get back, see if some listeners agree about the uh, cinematic qualities.
were just pleading with me just now to not use the word orgasmic for that last part because you and I were freaking out. Like we know this album. This is one of the better. Uh, we know we, you and I probably listen to this piece of music quite a bit uh, more than the average person at, at uh, the local food lion. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's just blowing us away. Both, you know, you and South Kakalaki, me up here and um, just going great bonkers over that last part. My thought was like, not only how cosmic and deep that, and heavy that is and kind of everything that ticks off every box you and I require. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the recording and the recording era, because it sounds 77. That's what albums could really get sounding really, uh, you know, shaped for the theater in a way. Dynamics were opening up quite a bit there uh, at that time. And it just it's just perfect. It's just one of those moments where you just zone in and you're you're just zend out so much with music. So so I I was actually just thinking that if we have never done anything for our listeners before now, we (laughs) just did them the biggest favor ever. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't even know if, uh, how much of our audience, uh, like, like if you took a poll, would be really into 70s prog. I think a lot, but like, I think there's like a, like a more of an enthusiasm for the history of metal, perhaps. But doesn't it yeah, all but, tie, but it all like, tie together? If, if, if you like metal, there is a very, very good <laughs> chance that you're going to like Pulsar. I'm not trying to at all whittle things down to dumb genre names. I'm tired of it. I would love to see Prague Magazine, for instance, not use the word Prague in an issue. Like, it's yeah. just sort of ridiculous, you know? Like, you know, Nick Drake's early Prague album from 67. Like, well, no, you know, it's awesome, but like, it's, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, let me, let me real quick, because we've, we've got a lot to dig into. Yeah. One of the greatest listening nights, it, it, I mean, this is, this is like a top three listening night for me. And I got really, I was on a work trip in a hotel room and I got shit hammered and all I remember of it's these three things. And it was, um, I listened to Transylvanian Hunger. Wait, hold on. Before you tell us anymore, can you tell us what city or do you not want to like influence? Oh yeah, I was in, in Brunswick. Yeah, I wasn't far Brunswick. from here. Georgia. <laughs> thank you for the clarification sir yeah so i listened to transylvanian hunger right i listened to uh um quicksand slip oh, wow. and i listened to pulsar halloween <laughs> and if if you know me the, those yeah. three things are who i am yeah. like maybe you throw in like a mekong delta record or something <laughs> and like you're pretty Push much you got me yeah. but yeah metal Abrasive indie rock and prog. <laughs> Done. Fucking, yeah, um, the great necro Transylvania. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What else can we say? And what else can we do after tired answers? I mean, we kind of just got to play more Pulsar. Tired answers. Yeah. Who who the fuck wants anything after tired answers? I don't even know what tired answers I just got, I, hell, I, now I just got, yeah, like, bored questions. So, the- <laughs> so yeah, Pulsar, Fear of Frost and Time. This is, a, this is another great moment on the Halloween album.
that's another great one that I can't believe we didn't play on Synthor is one of the two yeah. Synthors we've done because there's obviously some really cosmic synth and um and and cosmic is one thing we love spacey we love cosmic but then there's uh that added, added element of weird and kind of diabolical almost yep. and um fear of frost also really well named very metal um that gets us into this land that we like to visit uh, audio i mean <laughs> I, I i cannot verify this but i would be willing to bet that john carpenter was familiar Ooh. with the work of pulsar this does have that the soundtrack equality as a lot it, yeah, it, pulsar it, it, does, it has that and it, it's got that grainy synth yeah it's got that like that sense of tension yep uh, i drama. just yeah i mean here's why some of these Dra- bands, yeah exactly drama here's why some of these bands remind me and we will continue to remind us of goblin as we listen here and just as we're fans of goblin it's like the cinematic quality. I mean, and it makes sense with Goblin. They were writing for or with, uh, you know, directors and, and things. A lot of this music uh, from the French world we're discovering here is that it's uh, kind of that way too. Because I've listened to Pulsar. I've listened to Arachnoid. I've listened to uh, a, like a Shylock and thought Goblin. Yeah, absolutely. Just has, has that quality. Absolutely. It's transportative. You know, and, and what's so cool about it is you know, music is in some ways the most abstract art form. Especially what we're playing tonight is largely instrumental music. Right. True. So there's, yeah, there's true. no anchor. So it just, it, it just opens, it, it leaves everything to the mind of the listener. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like in a, in a, in a film, I mean, you obviously you have visuals, you have dialogue, but here it's just, but, but it's it still, conveys all of those things somehow and like and it, we're talking about king diamond man <laughs> well magic. there you go yeah there magic. You go. we were having some technical difficulties there and got on got off in a little king and diamond whenever and jeff and i have technical difficulties we talk about king diamond um i i actually listened to to nathan deliver a disquisition last night <laughs> about the worthiness of metal blade king diamond first awesome word choice <laughs> Disquisition. You I mean, no, disquisition. No, it, it, it was epic, and and like the the comprehensiveness of comprehensiveness of it was impressive. You just fucking killed. Me. He went through like it went through everything. Maybe we should have a, a sort of side episode with him. We keep threatening threatening another point five. Maybe we'll do like sixty seven point five and just interview Nathan about about this. God, how much? How that much? Would, that how would much be cheap, a wasted opportunity. There's so many things that we could interview Nathan about. How much cheap beer and, and cigars will we need to apply? But, um, th- there were there was less cheap beer than you would imagine. Okay, well, this, I'm glad <laughs> for that. I'm glad for that in general in this world. Yeah, which gets us right to Arachnoid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a one-off album. Also, something they the French scene kind of shared with the Italian. A lot of one-offs that were really good has a great cover talk about cinematic i look at this and think of oh late 70s theater poster um, I, I i even think maybe like uh like murnau like 30s silent horror yeah, oh, yeah. cinema a- absolutely yeah certainly um avant-garde-ish you know kind of yeah it's great and so is this this is from uh to say homage which translates i believe to um all these images
Well, sorry to fade that out, everyone, because that's kind of amazing. That's kind of as good as the end of Tired Answers or Tired <laughs> Answers in general by Pulsar. I love that so much. Um, clearly, we hear a wide variety of, of moods and, and some, some interesting shifts in time and, and, and color and all that. But I think this is um, the best when it kind of starts to get, you're starting to get like, whoa, this is getting really kind of actually pastoral or something, right? And then it starts melting. And then you're like, now we're in the middle of a Dali painting. And, and this is real. This is like, this is the world. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like a, like the um, sort of narrative sequence of an acid trip. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much on this album to, to listen to. I, I really love this. This is a top tier French prog for me. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, I am top tier prog period. This is an interesting one that comes next. Um, Dune. Uh, I got this as a cast off from our buddy Zoller, Craig Zoller up in New York. And um, he just sent me this with a, a lot of other things he didn't like. <laughs> that he bought. I didn't know that because, I mean, I heard oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah, it yeah. through yeah. you, but I didn't know that's how you found out about them. It looked interesting right away. He he had been getting into some progs, so there were some neat things in the box to just at least check out. I had never heard of this. Um, Dune, D-U-N, uh, umlaut over the U. And gosh, I, I mean, sorry, I don't know the French word for umlaut. I don't know that there's a French word for him. Well, exactly. Cause they don't have it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the album's called Eros and it's mostly centered on Frank Herbert's Dune novel, which I've read twice in my life, read it as a young kid and read it as an adult. Only seen the uh, Lynch adaptation. I've never I'm seen afraid. it. I kept away. I just, uh, and here, and we were talking about like imagery and stuff and I know that thing looked good. Uh, you know, I I'll probably watch it one day. I'd, I'd probably watch it tonight if I had anything to do. Right. <laughs> But like having read the book, it's 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 not the most descriptive writing, but you can imagine this landscape within all the right. politics of this of this world. It's like it becomes this massive experience that you really can kind of dig into. And I think a lot of this music is, is the same way. So this is what Dune was trying to achieve. We'll see if they do it. Uh, this is a song called Le Peace, uh, which translates into spice, which, of course, ties into the entire Dune plot. Yep. But, yeah, they recorded this album and came out in 81, I think, thousand or 500 pieces and came out as a weird reissue later i just will mention that because this was like we talk about garage prog or whatever like this was pretty fucking obscure back then yeah, uh, yeah. but worth listening to a lot of and stuff like you say it's still obscure dune the spice
yeah, here here's where things do start to evolve in this show. And we we're moving beyond the landscapes of 70s Prague into maybe not maybe I misspoke a little bit because there was precedent in the 70s. Oh, but yeah. with Dune, we're getting more into avant Prague. We're getting more into sort of rock and opposition territory. We haven't um, mentioned university or present yet. And I guess this is probably um, the time to do it. But but you know, we've okay. been getting there. That's the thing. You hear that. You um, do. Certainly you Magma. Do. Both of those are yeah. yeah, principally Belgian bands. So they were excluded from this episode, <laughs> even though they're very, very critical to this whole thing. Right. Um, certainly within that thread of terror, they're they're probably the the most important bands. There's a there's a forbidding element to this stuff. And I think forbidding describes the next two bands, but they're so different from one another. I mean, Art Zoid and Shubna Gurat are probably on the extreme ends of this spectrum that we're looking at tonight. Yeah. So yeah, re- related, but like completely different approaches. Yeah. Let's check them out back to back.
you know, I think that your Dune contribution is particularly well placed mm. because I, I think it, it brings us into the trenches of French hell. Yeah. <laughs> and well said. I mean, it, it's that it's that direct. It's that easy. And to, to you know, Artsoid is a, a very ordered orchestral sort of illustration of that. And then Shubnagurat just pushes us straight off the cliff into the flames. And I will add to that. I don't want to take anything away. I, and both of those compositions are amazing. I think that moment in Yog Satot or Yog Satot, whatever it's called, is um, near the end with the scraping gets us into like AMREP territory. I was saying that Absolutely. to you as we were listening. Uh, like what I used to remember a band like Killdozer sounding like or Firehose, like or something heavier and, and nastier, like I, even like an Unsane or something, I guess. Um, just gets but into that, that world somehow a little bit. Not a world me, I, yeah, that to me is even more threatening. Well, because and, it's there. And I think because, you know, maybe if we didn't know that stuff, it would probably just still sound pretty nuts. So, but it would have that quality of like that garage almost scraping. Uh, you know, you have to talk about Steve Albini when you talk about scraping guitar sounds. But it has that quality. And it kind of gets in that world for just a second amidst all the fucking gloom and Hieronymus Bosch painting world. You know. <laughs> By, by the record, les morts vont vie, which I I think translates to the dead travel fast. That's what I understand it to and, mean, and I love that translation. The dead Hell travel yeah. fast, they sure do. Um, <laughs> Damn dead people. All right, guys. So <laughs> why don't we take a little leap? Why don't we? Why don't we just stay dark, but then get like way darker and and keep it French? Okay, uh, and and travel pretty far. You and I thought about this. Is uh, we're gonna. Shumnagurat and Artzoid were 86. And this is going to jump to 2003. They were going chronologically. So there, there's a bit of time there that I, I know a lot of heavy, weird French prog was out there. But no missing link. We don't need one. We don't want one. No. And I think, I don't know about you, but I was sort of agonizing over that for a little while. Like to find Me too, but, but then. But yeah, really, like yeah. the, the 90s did not. The 90 and, and, you know, I'm a huge fan. I, we're both big fans of Suppuration. We're both big oh, fans yeah. of Merciless. But the you 90s more than me not, with Merciless, but I'm not, you know, not putting them down. OK, well, I don't have yeah. both albums. You don't No. Damn. I have the one with uh, Jesus on the cross, the Dali. Yeah. Okay. You, you don't have colored funeral. colored funeral. Don't have it. Should I? Okay. I mean, well, you. I just ordered a lubricant album earlier today. I mean, you know, it's, I, not, a, it's it, not beneath me to consider this. Well, yeah. Okay. okay, look, Travel Through a Strange Emotion is reason enough for you to own that album. Ooh, song title. Well, you're into that. Great song title. Okay. Better song. You need it. Colored Funeral. Anyway. Colored Funeral, you're selling it. The kids I am. are going to be running out to Kmart tomorrow to get that fucker. <laughs> get her on the compact disc. Of which we love, we love the format. We, we love, but yeah. We so uh, let's. Yeah. We're, we're just trying to avoid the inevitable of like now we're falling into true hell. Like uh, short of Titan blood or whatever, th this shit is going to get really heavy. Let's talk about the first one, Blue Dust Nord. And this is a funny band because they have uh, elements of Latin in their work, uh, English, French, uh, German, as the name will we'll give away. Blue Dust Nord. Yeah. So they began life as a 
fairly conventional black metal band influenced as many black metal bands by the second wave of Norway and just began to follow their own muse and started to fold in industrial and noise and all these other like dark ambient sounds into their music putting bands like canvas solaris on their playlists and in you know what (laughs) i I was gonna bring it up because i knew you were gonna be too humble to not say this i I wasn't (laughs) i wasn't fair enough okay the the two proudest moments in my life as a musician were um vince vall putting uh penumbra diffuse on his playlist and terrorizer (laughs) and steve hurdle reaching out to me on myspace anybody remembers that old platform yeah from um, and, gorgots and Negativa. Yes, and saying some very nice things about canvas song like a kind of a it was on cortical sinusoid mirage okay like that was kind of a preview track right. he had some very very kind things to say about it and the like that those two things meant actually that's not true Probably number one was when you sent Nathan the email about our demo. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that, that was like Nathan called me literally at like five in the morning. <laughs> on, on, and th- this, this is like landline time. Like there were no cell. I mean, we had like I had a car phone. He's like, dude, Jeff Wagner just emailed us. He really likes our demo. Yeah. And isn't that a shame now? Cause you guys get together now and it's all like, you know, just for a couple minutes, you're like, God, that guy Wagner's wasted our time. It's He's like, really not what we thought he like, was. God damn. Wagner keeps fucking, calling me a shit human yeah. being. Oh God. There's Wagner again. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the, 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 t- those are my top three. It's cool. Yeah. And I like, I like that Vinval, is it Vinval or Vinsval? Vinsval. Uh, of a blue house Nord. How he, uh, you know, he's he's a, he's a broad listener. I think that reflects in their catalog. I mean, they, yeah, for sure. They make some really interesting shifts. And my favorite thing that I've heard so far, anyway, is hallucinogen. I know it's probably not a popular opinion, but I don't see how anybody couldn't love that. That's kind of like it's the it's like of their later stuff. I mean, it's definitely like the most likable. Here's what it is. It's um, if Gigan or Gigan, I think it said Gigan, decided to make an angel rat. Uh, <laughs> Kind of spacey kind of like catchy a little bit dbc universe if they were a little catchier on that uh but bigger and, and more malevolent. i think you just made me love it more than i do way more malevolent <laughs> so what we're about to play is a song from their i i think sort of watershed record the work which transforms god which I, I think was probably the album that really brought them to prominence. It's the first one that I remember hearing people whispering like progressive or weird yeah. or just, you know, sort of something. We talk about the honorary Norwegian weird metal bands, right? The ones that aren't from Norway, but have that vibe. Like I think Blue House Nord totally qualifies. Absolutely. Um, just considering uh, the variety and depth of their black metal stuff, which is great. And then the progressive stuff and the weird stuff and, you know, the twists and turns. So. Um, here they are. This is yeah. This is uh, yeah. They're kind of like saying. sort of yeah. The French Dadaim's guard. Good, good call. Yeah. So as you were saying, this is from the work which transforms God, our blessed frozen cells.
moments when we record where I know exactly what I'm going to do when we get done recording. I know exactly what I'm going to do when we get done recording. <laughs> Listen to that is the absolute shit. <laughs> I was going to say, listen to a uh, hallucinogen, but perhaps work. No, I'm going to listen to this. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, well, we, we, we get into hallucinogen. What is interesting about that though, is when hallucinogen came out and this is a really recent album, you know, two years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 19. I, I thought it was quite a break from anything they'd done in, in a sense. Like it was a real kind of left fork right in the road, but this song, which is not that typical of work, which transforms God. There are uh, two, fits, there are a couple of moments. It, yeah. fits on it. And then this really is a long ago foreshadowing of hallucinogen. And I think that's, that's important why, because these are great albums. These are the, these are the two best that I, that I'm aware of. And well, I, that's why I chose this one. Yeah. And there are a couple of moments on this album that have that in it. Yeah. And that really sort of cast that long shadow. Indeed. That yeah. Premeditates hallucinogen. There, I mean, there are moments on albums in between, too, but, like, there's some really incredibly moving... Th I mean, they're known as, you know, kind of a like a caustic industrial black metal band, but sure. some incredibly sweeping emotional moments on these records. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that's what I like about Hallucinogen. It, it is sweeping. It has that Gregor McIntosh gothic yeah, oh, yeah, Paradise perfect, Lost, yeah. kind of almost like the, the human Ebo, you know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> these just long sustained cosmic bits of beauty and heaviness it's just you know it's great i mean it's really human ebo <laughs> and let's move on because i, I kind of want to go back a little bit to the 70s in a way of saying there's almost nothing in common with these 70s bands that we listen to and uh, art even art zoid or shabnagurat and despel omega but then there is and i always think maybe shabnagurat is that link of like drowning us in this world that is really terrifying you start picking apart the pieces of what the band's about. Like you look into their artwork, you look into their lyrics, you look into maybe them as people, you look at like a number of facets, right? And right. they're just so convincing. And I think they, they stand the hair up on end in terms of their music. They do it in a no different question. way, but this still has that French, not industrial, but certainly steely, uh, yeah. clinical, but really foreboding. Like foreboding yep. is heavy in, in both of these camps, I guess. Would you also agree that Despel Omega is with their, their speed, like particularly on something like Synarchy of Molten Bones, where it's intentional overkill to the point of ridiculousness? You know, I oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it's one of those listening experiences where you wind up laughing. It's it's nuclear. Because it, it, is, it is so beyond the pale. Or Titan and, Blood, where you're like, where does this come from? How, like, how can people be this? That, that's insane. how I like yeah. whenever I listen to Conquer. Always do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Good, like oh, yeah. The, the tempo shifts yeah. and just the madness of it. Oh, I like, love that. Well, that, that's also, that gets in the world of playing. I'm, I'm a Jay Reed fan. I like, I love his. Oh, I'm a big Jay Reed fan. I don't know how he is a person. I've always been a little bit suspicious, but um, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I'd go too. I don't know. That I'd go too far down that road. Well, I'm, I'm just suspicious yeah. about all human beings, I guess, you know, until I. Yeah, well, so am I, because so they that's mostly. All, that's all I'm saying. He's mostly yeah. cool because he, he did the cremation thing. And anybody that did that is, you know. High five for me, man. Um, yep. Let's move on to Despel Omega and, and just think about things like Art Zoid and Shubna Guru out in some of the uncomfortable places that we get to with Magma. Well, we're about to take you to an uncomfortable place. Every 
what are we ever going to play that's going to top that? <laughs> you know, it's a good <laughs> snippet. I want to congratulate you on that one because that band is so scraping, so dissonant. Um, but I would, I don't think I would have ever said they were uh, a not very melodic band. I think they've always used melody to this uh, in the most sinister possible way, which I, to me is what black metal should be all about. Sure. And every bit of it has sounded from the heart, wh- whether it's that really early primitive stuff and then that split with uh, C Monumentum. Um, but I think that moment in Chore for the Lost from Foss from 2007, we're not going to, you want to do the Latin on that one? No. <laughs> well, here, yeah, I, I can. Finish your thought. There's that moment where suddenly Chuck Schuldiner on lead guitar comes in. It's this bright kind of like tech metal 93 thing. And then from yep. there, it gets even more melodic, but in this dampened kind of fucked up way. I think more so than most things in the Despel catalog. That's what I'm saying. I'm just putting this in the top tier of like possibly the most melodically nuanced passages in any Despel music. I think so. That's why I chose it because this is for me one of their most fascinating passages. And it's a good link to that earlier stuff, you know, that was born of, you know, melodic music, ultimately jazz and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, yeah. The album Foss Ite Maledicti in ignum eternum which translates to divine law go accursed into everlasting fire is really probably as far as i'm concerned one of their most challenging albums oh definitely their most challenging it's yeah you got to strap in for this one and you can say that with synarchy you can say that with others and others less so i think can say or however you say that is something you, you yeah. know, can probably listen to maybe a little more just because it's um uh, it's one you have to strap in for a little less i, I guess that yeah i'm you know how we are as listeners yeah um you know go through the album all the way through focused and see what it does for you and yep. man some of these are some of these are rough my last listen to synarchy i thought i was up for it and i've been digesting a lot of really heavy shit lately you know war metal and whatnot that new that's new and old to me but it didn't really resonate the way i wanted it to mm. And I'd hate to listen mm. to it in a car. I think that would be like the worst. Car. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I and, and I'm going to shout out Gil again because I know he's going to listen to this. So Gil played Chaining the Catacon for me yeah. the first time on the way to breakfast on a <laughs> sunny s- Saturday morning Beautiful. in Statesboro, Georgia. I Literally. Yeah. We're like Nathan and Chris and Donnie rode together and he's like, hey, man. I have something I want to play for you. Like, how long was the drive that you listened to Chaining the Catacomb? Oh, it's like 10 minutes. Okay, because it's a long song. He was like, you know. It was like yeah. from the house to Shoney's. So here's a lot of, here's a yeah. lot of death spell. On the yeah, no, yeah, no, it's like. <laughs> In the morning. Not, not now. Not now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I, I say we uh, I say we listen to the, the, the final one. The bridge here, Amasur, I'm assuming that's how you say it. And it's a it's a word that's only theirs, possessed only by them, because there's no other reference to it that I can find. Um, no. Any ideas not, on not what no. that's about? We get into yeah, so world. maybe a little background on sure. all these guys. Um, and gals. Pat, yeah, yeah, and gal. I mean, th- so th- this is part of a fairly vast lineage that starts with Pest Noir and... Who are not very nice people who are not very nice people, by the way. Well, and so yeah, Famine, the the linchpin of Pest Noir, sort of disavows the contributions of most of these other musicians. Uh-huh. I mean, like Vint uh, Vinterhalter and and Nej both came out of the band, went on to Alceste, uh Le Discray, 
and our subject here, Amasur, this really wide body of fantastic music as far as i'm concerned i i got into uh to all four of those bands at the same time <laughs> wow um and, well yeah. it, it was it was through aesop decker's cosmic hearse blog okay and he was a big fan of all of it yeah and uh, and, and i got um uh ikai de lune yep and it, it, that that just like i'm glad you got that one because i got the one before it which is like no harsh vocals and you know oh. black metal souvenirs souvenir yeah so why not yeah whatever home yeah and it um yeah I, it just but, really really gripped me it, yeah. it was it was one of those things because i mean you, i mean you, you you know this well because you're one of my dearest friends in the world but people that listen to this probably know by now that I've had sort of a contentious relationship with, you know, metal of this millennium. And it was one of those things like, <laughs> like when I discovered Druk, you know, yeah. and, and really, really found a band that resonated with me. It was that kind of thing. Like it's a new band that really, really speaks to me in a, a powerful way. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just fell right in. And, and so I got, you know, latest gray, got the Amasur record. And I, I think you and I might agree that this might be maybe the best thing amongst all that. Mm, I, I, I might have at one time. I, it, what it's done is like really climbed for me since I got into some of that stuff. I'm not really into latest gray. I'm not really that in, I'm not into pest noir, but, um, you know, I like this world. I love some Alcest records. And I think that's how you, I think yeah. that's how you say it. I don't know. Alcest. It is actually. I you always think I'll say but it's supposed to be. But no, it, it, it actually is Alcest. Yeah. Which that's that what intuition doesn't tell you that. But anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Somerset's record. It's gotten better and better for me. I think the the Lom record uh, by Elsis is my favorite of all of it. Uh, but maybe that's because it's the first, the one after Akai. Um, yeah, yeah. But I like I like Le Voyage de Lom probably the most out of all of these. But yeah, the the, the Amherst record is great. It, and you're right, it, it has a wider variety of anything in this world. I think Latest Gray is yeah. pretty straightforward in terms of their direction. You oh know. yeah, very Catatonia. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but Amherst kind of went a lot of different places, and you would actually pick one song, and then I said, well. I, let's go with here because with, with Blue Tau Sonoran and Despel Omega and even Shubnigaru out in people's mind. No, I think you I, made a good call. You know, we need to go a little bit like this, but anyway, this is gas and veins. It's the, it's the whole album's good and we highly recommend it.
Yeah, there's a, a nervy kind of post-punk quality to the Amasur record that's different from all the other records in that canon. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us on our next episode, which is episode 68. Somehow, Jeff, how did we get that far? I know it's crazy. And, and it you, ca- you came to me with the idea of this one simply because it is number 68, you know, it is. and then you said 69, we'll do a mentors show. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I love my mentors. Yeah, I know. So El Duce, what up? You know? uh, look, who doesn't love El Duce? <laughs> so on the next episode, episode 68, we are going to unpack, shall we say? No, we shan't. No, okay. So we said, th- Anyway, we're going to play a bunch of clips that highlight the most headbanging, the, the ne plus ultra of time signatures. Six, eight. Six, eight. Do you some were... exercises. <laughs> yeah. Get, you, get, get stretched out. Get, get you're going to be banging your fucking head. You're going to get arpeggiated, buddy. Let's get, yeah, let's get arpeggiated, son. <laughs> right.